0: Okay, welcome to the official Jets podcast presented by Amazon Web Services. Ethan Greenberg here with Olivia Landis and Eric Allen, all in our respective homes. And uh, this is a weird time considering, one, the legal tampering period just started. Two, we're all cooped up in our houses. And three, it feels like everything happened, but nothing happened at the same time. So I just want to start things off by asking how the both of you are doing in your respective homes.
1: Well, I have been cooped up now. What is this, guys? This is day five or so for us. And um, I have my dog, but I do live alone. So I'm going a little crazy. We've been taking a lot of walks (laughs) outside. (laughs) But it's a little tough, you know, talking to your dog all day.
2: (laughs) Uh, Wow. A man and woman's best friend, a dog. Listen, I got to say that... Uh, This is a surreal experience, I think, uh, for all of us. The coronavirus has taken the world by storm. We got more than, what, 4,000 cases in the United States. More than (laughs) 70 people have already died. Um, States across the country have banned large gatherings. You know, I'm hearing uh, people say that you shouldn't be around more than 10 people in the same room. Um, and, uh, we all have a hand in protecting each other. So these, this is a community, uh, I mean, this is really when, uh, it's important for you to take care of everybody else. And, and what's so surreal guys is that, you know, we're supposed to be taking care of other people by actually staying away from them. And, <laughs> and the other thing is, is we're such a social um, being. We're such a social animal. So I think it's, it's difficult. I just went to the store and in New Jersey, there is a curfew now mandated. Went to the store about seven o'clock tonight. And I got a piece of salmon and the guy, the gentleman who was serving me said, we're going to be all right, aren't we? And I said, I certainly hope so. So, uh, nothing's, yeah. nor- nothing's normal right now, but, uh, I think that the best thing we can do is uh, talk to people and communicate and uh, share with them our thoughts, not only the Jets and the National Football League, but how our lives are being impacted and also letting them know that we're very concerned about each and everybody.
0: Well, yeah, I think that's a great point. I also think that I said this to Olivia earlier today – when I went to the grocery store, it felt like I was in the hunger games. Like it's just, everybody's going crazy. And the thought that, you know, football is nonstop and I don't even know what it would be like for us if this were to happen during the NFL season. So I'm thankful that it's during the off season and it's just, it's one of those, my roommate said this to me, I think it's, I think it kind of hit home. It's like, we're living a chapter in a history textbook right now. And I I think that's just, it's just going to be crazy to think back. even. A year from now, to think that on March sixteenth, on St. Patrick's Day, we were cooped up in our apartments because it's for the best of society. And you know, yeah. I'm a people person. I, I want to be, I want to be at at work. I want to be outside, and to be to be in my apartment all day is just driving me a little crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, well, but you know, okay,
1: point, the, you know, the NFL.
0: Point, what was that? Well, the NFL hasn't stopped, and I think that's that's really where we're going to kick things off here because even though the coronavirus or COVID-19, however you want to call it, is greatly affecting everybody's lives on the day-to-day basis, and of course the NBA suspended indefinitely, March Madness shut down, no March Madness. This is a different kind of March Madness.
2: Greens, March Madness is probably my favorite uh, the sports uh, viewing of the year when we get away from the National Football League and you feel bad for so many people, including uh, not just the college athletes, but how about uh, how about the college kids who have to maybe finish their senior years from yeah. home? on a computer and not being around other people and so many schools across the country, uh, closed, obviously daycare centers. Um, yeah, but, uh, you're right. And and what happened over the weekend was there was that period of uncertainty where you didn't know what was going to happen. First was the CBA going to be passed. And if it was passed, Were we going to go on with NFL free agency as scheduled? And I'll tell you what, guys, I've never experienced um, a number of days like we've had uh, since the weekend because it just has just come in waves every passing day. And I didn't know if we were going to have free agency, we're going to get to this point where we're going to start the negotiating period, but it actually happened. But it all started, Greens and Liv, um, I guess Saturday night into Sunday morning when the CBA just narrowly passed.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, look, Liv, I just wanted to ask you because away from football one, the thing that stuck out to me about what, how this whole thing has hit me is in a number of ways. I would imagine for you, it was when the NBA got suspended indefinitely. Like, was that really when you were like, Oh my God, like this is, this is going downhill and it's going downhill quickly. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, for me, I have, and you've probably seen this at work, but I have low key been keeping an eye on this whole situation for probably a solid month, month and a half now. Um, and, you know, it, it is, it's scary. It's it's given me a lot of anxiety personally, especially, you know, kind of living by myself and not really having any family out here. But I think last week when yes, when everybody it was heard around the world that Rudy Gobert had contracted the coronavirus and you know, following that the NBA decided to pretty much shut down the entire season. I think that's when the entire world was like. Oh, no, this is actually very, very serious. But I mean, honestly, this has been on my radar for quite a while now. So I'm, I'm kind of like that, though. I I'm a little bit of a worrier. So
0: and a germaphobe. So this is definitely, definitely like your, your worst nightmare coming to life.
1: But <laughs> hey,
0: hold on.
2: I am as well. So don't take shots at live there. Yeah, right? yeah
0: we're, no, 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 we're I, in the same boat. You, you, you Lysol down your desk like every day at the end and your phone. I, I, I see it happen. I know, uh, yeah.
1: Me, me and EA have an understanding. Germaphobe to germaphobe. Yeah. So my, my
0: my hands are so raw just from washing them like a thousand times a day that it it hurts to put hand lotion on my hands. <laughs> but you it's know a good. What I mean?
1: You'd rather have that than germs.
0: Uh, that's fair. But in terms of the NFL, to get back on track, because this is the official Jets podcast, there's a lot of. A lot of things have happened in terms of events. Obviously the things that stand out most notably or most recently, should I say, is that organized team activities, OTAs, uh, there's not a start date anymore. And the NFL draft now is, um, it's still April 23rd to 25th, but they canceled all like public draft events. And we'll see what that means in terms of fans showing up for the draft. I assume that's probably a no-go considering what EA was saying, you know, te- gathering of 10 people is a bad idea and the draft is definitely a little more than 10 people but also in terms of pre-draft one all pre-draft visits for college kids on their top 30 visits to the different NFL facilities that's nixed in the bud then most recently what did Schefter put out today Adam Schefter recently a couple hours ago put out that Teams can't go to the or excuse me, players that sign with teams in free agency, which is still abiding by the same timeline that it was scheduled to, can't go to a team's facility to get a physical. And therefore, there needs to be a an agreement to a certain physician or a player can just straight up decline a physical exam, which is, I believe, unprecedented in something like this. Right, EA?
2: I have never heard anything like that, but uh, extreme times call for extreme measures. And like you you mentioned, the leak put out a statement tonight about club personnel, including members of the club medical staff, may not travel to any location to meet with or conduct a medical examination of a free agent player. So, yeah, I I mean, back uh, forever, it was, hey, the guy did not or will not be part of your team, your organization until he physically signs a contract. And the big step in that is, okay, you have a financial agreement in place. That's fine. But you have to pass our physical. And sometimes guys will fail a physical. Um, But uh, right now, uh, the league, the player association Everybody has to take a number of precautions here. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it never, never. This never would have happened in the past.
0: Liv, I just want to get your opinion on, first of all, just everything being canceled or postponed the way it is in terms of the NFL. The second part of this is, you know, you were scheduled to go to the draft. I don't know what this means for you necessarily, but obviously this is kind of a, a, a crappy thing, for lack of a, a curse word here.
1: Yeah, I think, like EA said, you know, I, I've only been in the NFL. This is I'm heading into my fourth season. And obviously in my now almost four years, I've never experienced something like this. And I think what really stuck out to me was... The fact that they're just straight up not allowing players to come to facilities and um, coaches and stuff travel as well. Because when you think about it, last year, obviously, when Adam Gase became the new head coach for the Jets, they were able to start two weeks earlier in their OTAs. And now when you think about it, the coaches that are new this season aren't going to have that luxury. So you're kind of wondering, how are some of these teams going to play catch up when it comes time to training camp? And stuff like that, so that is kind of crazy to me. And as far as the draft goes, I think we're really waiting to hear more details on that. But you know, just based off of what has been going on around the world and some of the regulations that have been put in place, I highly doubt that we're going to be sending a team to travel there. But you know, like I said, we'll have to wait and see. But it's, it's a scary time that's still a month away, though. A lot can change in a month.
2: I don't yeah, even know if Las, sure. yeah. I don't even know if Las Vegas is going to be the base operation of the draft. That's one thing that I I, I didn't understand about it, that. Maybe you guys had more clarity than I did. But when I was reading all the literature on that today, they said that the, all the. Fan events and all the big events in Las Vegas have been canceled, but they didn't go as far as I didn't read it. Whereas the draft in Las Vegas had been canceled, but I'm assuming it it won't be in Las Vegas anymore.
0: Oh, see, I, I interpreted it was, that, yeah. that everything would remain status quo, that it'll, it'll be in Las Vegas and that the media networks meeting NFL Network and ESPN will cover it like they usually do. Okay. But there just may not be any fans. I, I don't know. I didn't really, to be honest with you, I didn't read over with a fine-tooth comb. But just because like, there's so many moving parts, which we're going to get into uh, just in I a couple of minutes here. But I think obviously we'll see. And like, you know, everything happened so quickly with the virus that it feels like anything could happen just so as quickly on the opposite end when things start to, you know, turn for a positive light here in our society. But I want to I want to get back to today because today is like one of the most exciting days in the NFL season. Wednesday is the start of the new league year. And today at 12 noon became the legal tampering period. But before that at 11 59 and 59 seconds was the deadline to place any kind of franchise tag on any kind of player, whether it's transition tag, non-exclusive franchise tag or exclusive franchise tag. And the big news here, at least for the Jets Is that the Giants placed their franchise tag non-exclusive on defensive lineman Leonard Williams, which means the Jets got the third round pick in the 2021 draft and the fifth round pick, which was a conditional pick in the 2021 draft, remains a fifth round pick and does not become a fourth round pick.
2: Well, Liv actually is going to have an article on this uh, that we're going to publish on Wednesday. But what the franchise tag actually did was provide them an extension, meaning they want Leonard Williams in the fold. So the Giants didn't want him to get out there. He would have become an unrestricted free agent. So they're buying themselves some time. But with that being said, Greens, I would just like to clarify it. And it still could become a fourth-round pick in 2021 if Williams signs an extension prior to Wednesday at 4 p.m. My expectation is your expectation, and I think Liv would say the same thing, is I don't think that's happening prior to Wednesday at 4 p.m., so it probably will be, indeed, a fifth-round pick in 2021. So until that becomes official, we still got about, what, less than 24 hours. But, yeah, the franchise take, basically, I'm close to putting that, setting that in stone that it's going to be a fifth-round pick because I don't think the long-term extension is going to happen before Wednesday at 4 but I, I would say, too, give Joe Douglas a lot of credit with that trade because he got, he gets the third-round pick this year, and the Jets have four picks in the top 80 overall. And then next year, an additional five, Calais Campbell, who is one of the top three, four defensive ends in all the National Football League, got traded on Sunday from Jacksonville to Baltimore for just a fifth round pick, which was stunning to me.
0: Liv, what are your thoughts on the deal as as EA said, the fifth round pick seems like it's gonna be a fifth round pick. And I, I feel like when you look at the value just as EA did with Calais Campbell, it feels like Jets did got themselves a pretty good haul for Leonard Williams.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I think the Calais Campbell situation is a really great example. And kind of just reiterating back to what you said about Joe Douglas, EA, obviously the Leonard Williams trade during that trade deadline, it was the only trade that he had made. And he, I think he did a great job. He got two picks out of it, a third rounder and then a conditional pick, which like we already mentioned, we think it, if I had to take an educated guess, I would say that the Giants and Leonard Williams are not going to come to a long-term deal before 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So I think it is going to stay a fifth-round pick. But, I mean, when you get a third-round pick in 2020 and then a fifth in 2021, I would say that the Jets won that deal. That's my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, and I think the other part of this is that when you look at the Jets' defensive line, clearly one of the strengths of their team and – you know, we can talk about those guys at a later date, but moving forward, they have a young core group of defensive linemen. And Joe Douglas has consistently talked about winning the line of scrimmage. And th- there's so many angles to this. I mean, you look at the third round pick, and a lot of draft analysts say the, the middle class of this entire draft class, which is, I would say, probably rounds two through four. Like, that's where a lot of good players lie. And just to keep things draft-centric right here, and this is going to be kind of a a winding road to get to my point, but the news of today, and I understand nothing becomes official until Wednesday, but the news of today in the NFL is the fact that DeAndre Hopkins – the star wide out for the Texans got traded to the Arizona Cardinals. And what's amazing in all of this, at least to me is that the Texans didn't get a first round pick and return for Deandre Hopkins. And I'm not here to question Bill O'Brien or anything like that, who's acting as the Texans general manager and head coach, but the Cardinals were consistently mocked, mocked, when I say mocked, I mean their mock drafts consistently had an old lineman or receiver, particularly CeeDee Lamb, who played with Kyler Murray at Oklahoma. Now that they have DeAndre Hopkins, which is still amazing to me, They seem that they're most likely going to take an offensive lineman, one of the big four. And the Jets have also been mocked a ton of offensive linemen throughout this draft process. So, EA, how do you think that this trade could impact the Jets come April 23rd to 25th with or without fans in Las Vegas or wherever the draft is going to be?
2: Okay, so it's 928 Monday night. Um, I believe in a few moments ago, Adam Schefter, ESPN Insider, has reported that former Seahawks tackle George Fant has reached an agreement with the green and white. Yep. So we'll have to look at that as uh, hours and then days continue, and that's how quickly things can change. And um, again, we're kind of in unknown territory once again, I would say that because. Typically, teams in the past won't announce contracts until a player actually physically signs. Um, and the league year doesn't begin until Wednesday, 4 p.m. So um, the Jets uh, will have to see organizationally if they put something out there as far as an agreement and principle and hours and days or maybe wait until Wednesday as far as fan, but uh, numerous uh, media outlets actually reporting that now. So the Jets, uh, no surprise, they're looking to fortify their offensive line. You asked me a question that led me to go in that direction, but uh, uh, I know a lot of people had questions about uh, what was going to happen once this negotiation, a negotiating period had begun and listen it started at twelve o'clock it's only nine hours later the league year doesn't officially commence until Wednesday again like a broken record I'd like to say too in terms of Joe Douglas okay we knew all along that he was gonna take a calculating a calculated approach he was gonna set rages in terms of players and contracts he was gonna stick to them He is a patient man, and this is a guy who's not about winning free agency, okay? We can talk about teams in the past who've won free agency, and with those big splash moves, and very often, those teams in January and February, we're not talking about them again. So the Jets are just getting started here. Uh, with free agency. Uh, So sorry to lead you in that direction, Greens, but I thought that uh, that news coming across the board, we should uh, throw it
0: out there. I agree with that. But now that you didn't answer, I'm going to ask Liv what she thinks of the DeAndre Hopkins deal, because I was walking to pick up some lunch and Liv, I almost like dropped my phone in the middle of the streets of Hoboken, which is probably a bad idea on any day and probably a bad idea considering the coronavirus, especially today. So what was your reaction to DeAndre Hopkins getting traded and what do you think the after the ripple effect is here for the Jets?
1: I think it's one of those trades, we see it every single year, but it's one of those trades that kind of shakes the sports world where you're just like, did that really happen? And, you know, just when you evaluate this trade, I mean, I'm no analyst, so I'm not going to go into deep details, but like from an outsider looking in, when you look at this trade and kind of what the Cardinals got and then (laughs) what the Texans got, I just feel like the Cardinals really came out on top of this one. Like you mentioned that in a lot of mock drafts, the Cardinals it had mocked that a lot of the Cardinals were going to either be taking, you know, a wide receiver or some player of that sort. And now it's like, they literally have one of the top wide receivers in the league. I don't, I don't even know how you can on a, on the Texans end. I don't even know how you can like back up that de- decision that is made. But again, like you said, I'm not any professional GM, I'm not a professional coach, but from an outsider looking in, I just really feel like the Cardinals won that trade. And as far as how that can affect the Jets, I feel like maybe now the Cardinals aren't going to be taking one of the top wide receivers in the draft. You know, Maybe now that gives the Jets a little bit more flexibility and they're able to have some more players available when it's their turn.
2: I think Arizona yeah. I think Arizona's gonna go tackle greens, don't you?
0: at, at, at eight overall. Yes. It sure feels like that. And, you know, I was thinking about this today. They re-signed DJ Humphreys a couple weeks ago. No. And he'll probably play left tackle. And Justin Pugh, Syracuse alum, shout out to Justin Pugh, plays the right side for the Cardinals. But, hey, there's not a lot of Syracuse alum in the NFL. I heard that live, a little giggle. I have to shout them out when they exist. And two of them are on the Cardinals. And so I, I, I would feel like, yes, they take – um, a tackle, but EA, what, what about this? I was thinking about this too. Okay. What if Derek Brown, who's like the top defensive lineman, falls to them at eight, or even somebody like Jeff Okuda? So then the, the, if, you, if you think about this, the, the league is going a passing route, and Joe Douglas said you need – obviously you need playmakers on offense, and then you need corners and pass rushers on defense. And the Cardinals, if Jeff Okuda falls to eight overall – they could have Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins lining up out wide. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they could have Patrick Peterson and Jeff Okuda. I uh, mean, I think that would, that would be a cool little quartet there. Uh, in the okay.
2: Desk. Okay. No doubt. You've you done your study. Uh, I would say that uh, bringing in Kingsbury, uh, they drafted Kyler Murray last year and he impressed. Now you're giving him a big time receiver. I'd make the argument that, I For my money, DeAndre Hopkins is as good as any receiver in the National Football League. Now, was I surprised by the trade? Not by the time I read Peter King Monday morning and he said he might be out there in terms of being available <laughs> for trade. And, and indeed that happened. So what was happening behind the scenes there, you never know with Bill O'Brien and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Um, uh, Billy O is uh, calling the shots there in Houston so uh, I, I wasn't surprised but when I think about the way that franchise is going with an offensive minded young head coach in Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Kyler Murray and now they get the big time receiver um, in D-Hop I could picture them loading up on that offensive line now and getting one of the yeah. top tackles
1: Here's Absolute my biggest question when it comes to this trade. When you think about it, do you and this is strictly opinion, do you think that Kingsbury approached O'Brien, or you think it was vice versa?
0: You, you know, I was thinking about that earlier because the first trade that came out of this whole deal between the teams was the fact that David Johnson had been traded to the Houston Texans, and I was like, okay, like, yeah. all right, well, David Johnson, and the Houston Texans, maybe they want to upgrade. At the running back position, and then, and then all of a sudden, like, and then Schefter, like out of the sky, drops the DeAndre Hopkins (laughs) gets traded in the deal. Like, I'm curious if the if the conversation was, hey. Um, Bill O'Brien's like, hey, Steve Kimes, the general manager of the Cardinals, like, hey, Steve, or hey, Mr. Kimes, like, what do you think about um, David Johnson? What would it take to get him? And then Kimes was like, well, what would it take to get Hopkins? Or if it was David Johnson was, or if Hopkins was the center of the deal or the originator of the deal, and then David Johnson became a part of it because the Cardinals also placed a transition tag on Kenyon Drake, who they acquired. Uh, mid season last season. So that's a great question because I was thinking the same thing and I would love to know the answer to that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about.
0: And well. also, um, live and EA, I tweeted out earlier, um, if people had any questions for us. So if anything sparks either of your eyes, just let me know. I'm going to start going through some of these questions. And, um, the other part of this podcast, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. EA.
2: No, I was just going to say if a fan's an interesting guy, you know, he played college basketball at Western Kentucky, um, he he
0: Oh you you want, you want to get in on the George Fant talk? Well a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: I, because Let's I just think it. it's I think it's so topical. Um of course it, it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, a guy who played college basketball, that means he's got good feet greens and live. Another thing is he, he developed uh with Seattle for the last few years, four years. He's twenty seven years old. Um interesting move here. By Joe Douglas, as uh, free agency gets underway Mm -hmm. for the Jets.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know I'm just looking at a couple things. It seems like he started 14 games over the past two seasons. So he started seven in 2019 and seven in 2018. You know, and my biggest question for Joe Douglas is where do they envision George fan playing would this be on the right side? would this be on the left side? because Kelvin Beecham and Brandon Shell, who are the jets opening day starters at tackle, are both free agents so i I think that I think this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I know a lot of fans were. You know, clamoring for the Joe Toonies of the world, who got franchise tagged by the Patriots, and Jack Conklin, who was uh, set who the Browns supposedly signed or reported the Browns signed, and Graham Glasgow. But I still think that there are a lot of quality moves the Jets can make in free agency, not only in the first wave, but also really the second wave. And you you talked about this EA. Everybody that that has I've spoken to that when I've asked, hey, what do you think about Joe Douglas's free agency approach? They've all said, oh, I think it's going to be more of a calculated approach and he's not going to go for the big fish. And, you know, you said this earlier, you know, teams that win free agency, do they, the success rate is not great there. And that's how you get yourself in a bind. And I think Joe Douglas is really trying to flesh out this roster. And and Liv, you've talked to... to have, to people in the league too like it doesn't seem like joe douglas is um it doesn't seem like he'll get unfazed it's, it seems yeah. oh, sorry get phased he is unfazed he seems very calm and like he has a plan and if the negotiating if the money gets to be too much and he doesn't feel comfortable spending that he's going to say you know what like i appreciate your time thanks for coming let's move on to the next guy yeah, yeah i would yeah. say
1: that Yeah. I think that, um, kind of jumping off of your point, um, I actually even read a tweet from Dan Graza earlier and he was talking about Joe Douglas being a guy who learned under Ozzie Newsome and how back in Baltimore, it was a very big deal about, you know, they were never really a team to really jump in on that first wave of free agency that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though, like you said, George Fant isn't necessarily a guy that jumps out at you right on the page right away, but, I think Joe Douglas obviously knows what he's doing. He's there for a reason. And I think there's plenty of good value um, that is going to come in the second and third waves of free agency. So, yeah, got to put big trust.
0: (laughs) Thank you. you uh, you, you. You got to put big trust in the big man and EA. I don't know if you want to talk about this on the podcast, so I'm going to ask you, but I was kind of thinking maybe we could talk about guys that are still on the market that maybe intrigue you or that are intrigued live or myself, or just that are options for the jets. If they decide to go any position really, but since we talked about Fant, maybe we could talk about some potential old linemen that could get snagged up in these next couple of days.
2: Yeah, uh, there's uh, so many, <laughs> there's so many players out there on the market. Uh, I'm kind of keeping my eye out at, 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 to get off offensive line a little bit, and, uh, and you uh, we can talk about that further, Greens and Live. Uh, let's dip into the receivers a little bit because Jameson Crowder's back. He's your nickel. I mean, uh, <laughs> he's your slot receiver. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Anderson. Unrestricted free agent Demarius Thomas, unrestricted free agent. Um, hopefully, Quincy and Nunua uh, comes back to full health. We'll have to see what happens there. But the Jets do have some questions on the outside, and one of the best remaining free agents on the market right now is Amari Cooper. So, does Cooper? have to go first before Robbie does? And what are the chances Robbie actually returns to the green and white?
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to let Liv answer that question first, because honestly, I'm looking for um, I'm looking through some fan questions as we record here.
2: Yeah. And we, we certainly can talk while Liv gets to that too, is greens. You know, we certainly talk about as many offensive linemen as you both uh, want to talk about, but I just thought uh, uh, it's, it's interesting where we are right now in the process so early Amari Cooper before Robbie. And then uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Liv.
1: (laughs) No, it's okay. I think, it's just such an interesting situation surrounding Amari Cooper because obviously earlier today we heard quarterback Dak Prescott got the franchise tag. So we know that the Cowboys are probably going to want to make a long-term deal with him. So it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, that uh, is the same going to happen with Amari Cooper because teams are only allowed to franchise tags year, correct? Or is it just one player is only allowed to be franchise tag?
0: It's just one, it's one player is allowed to be franchise tag. So the Cowboys placed their exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott, which allowed yeah. Amari Cooper to hit the open market.
1: Yeah. So honestly, it's, I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer to that and I, I don't want to sit here and play the guessing game, but You know, when you hear from a lot of the Jets fans, a lot of people obviously around the Jets fan world are talking about wanting Robbie Anderson back and wide receiver Robbie Anderson is, in my opinion, such a useful tool to Sam Darnold. And he even commented at the end of the year when we were interviewing him, he was talking about how he truly felt like him and Sam had finally gotten on a really good rhythm, especially in the second half of the season. So, you, would, you know, like to think that Joe Douglas would notice that and take note of that and hopefully try and, you know, make a return for Robbie Anderson. But again, he's going to he's a free agent. He's going to he's already made it very vocal that he's going mm-hmm. to be testing the market. So we'll see. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think EA, you brought up an interesting point that would Robbie wait for Amari Cooper to almost set the market at receiver? And even today, earlier today, with all these different reports of players agreeing to terms with different teams, if you look at the cornerback position, the Giants signed James Bradbury or reportedly signed James Bradbury. And he is the second highest paid corner of this market to Byron Jones, former Dallas Cowboy, who's now taking his talents to the AFC East and the Miami Dolphins. So the Jets will be seeing him twice a year for the foreseeable future. And that that's, if you look at that, then it almost seems like, well, maybe Robbie Anderson wouldn't wait, but if it happened the other way for Byron Jones and James Bradbury, maybe I'd be singing a different tune. It just kind of feels like it kind of feels like for the receivers though, to your point, EA, it feels like that's the somebody's the first domino is gonna fall, and if that first domino, I assume, is gonna be Amari Cooper, and then the rest will fall into place. I mean, if you read all the different reports about even the Jets interest in Philip Dorset, who's another speedy guy, mm-hmm. but I mean, we'll see, obviously. And just by the way, on this whole uh, I'm peeping through the fan questions, there's a lot of shade. Like, It does not seem like Jets fans are too happy today, which I'm sure people are – are expecting and when I say people I mean the three of us definitely expected jets fans to not be so happy with me tweeting for some fan questions so I'm trying to find some good ones for- okay
2: well this is what this is what a jet fan wanted okay guys and and I'm not throwing shade towards them either but there are people who sometimes get very upset and their thought process was by six o'clock, Monday, the Jets should have had agreements in place with Joe Tooney, Graham Glasgow, and maybe Jack Conklin to boot. And, and then maybe they would have been happy, happy at that point. But again, you're talking about a roster where Joe Douglas said we have a number of holes. We've been talking about Joe's approach for since he came on board since June how he was going to be meticulous, how he was going to set ranges on players, how he was not going to go over and make his ultimately hurt his franchise in the long term, okay? And, you know, hey, maybe the Jets did have interest in a guy like Toomey, but you can't do anything about the New England Patriots putting a franchise tag on him. I mean, bottom line is there's uh, sometimes things are going to happen where teams are either going to resign a guy or they're going to put a tag on him. I don't think a lot of people actually anticipated that Toomey was going to be taken off the market. But you get a tackle right now in Vant, and we'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, some folks out there are saying maybe the Jets are interested in, uh, in a couple interior players, including uh, Greg Van Roten. <laughs> Liv,
0: do you want a uh, do you want a fan question?
1: Yeah, sure. Hit me with it.
0: Well, uh you, you can either uh um, You want me to look at mine? No, no, no. I, I was just gonna say I was gonna read you one, but um there's a lot of ones like that some some fans are great though. Some some are you know not, not so great. But how about this one? Um and this basically is in terms of pass rushers, this is it's a blitz wants to know Jaden Clowney or Dante Fowler, who basically who would you prefer? Like who 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 would you like for the Jets?
1: If you're going to make me decide between those two edge rushers when it comes to the jets, I personally am probably going to lean more towards Jadevian Clowney just because this is a guy who has the experience, not only that, that you see on the field, but it's also shown up on paper with his stats. He's literally a three time pro bowler. He made it in 2016, 2017 and 2018 and the jets I mean, Joe Douglas said it himself. The Jets are in the market for an edge rusher, and I think that if you're really going to be serious about an edge rusher, you might as well go for a guy who is one of the top, if not the top, at his position in the league.
0: Yeah. What about you? I go uh, for me Fowler because system fit. I I I agree. With not not, be, not because he's a Florida boy. No,
2: take it easy. Take it easy. (laughs) Uh, I I agree with Liv. Overall, if you're talking about just the better player, when Jadavion Clowney is going for 16 games, I know he's banged up a little bit last year. Um, He's a dominant force, and Fowler uh, last year really showed – that potential he had flashed at times, I think, in Jacksonville. Right, Greens? I mean, guy had 11 and a half sacks last year.
0: Yeah, he, he had a he had a career year last year or, or this past year and his uh-huh. first full year with the Rams.
2: And, and we, we, we talked about the Leonard Williams trade before and the way the Jets – defense is constructed is, I like them on the interior. The question is, who's going to be bringing some heat off the edge? I think Fowler would be a perfect fit for this defense. Um, going to be interesting also to find out what happens with Jordan Jenkins. He's hit the market. Um, a lot of people talking about the Crosstown Giants having an interest in another former and Jordan Jenkins. But in terms of um Fowler and Clowney, both those guys are big time talents, but I think uh Fowler would fill a bigger need for the Jets.
0: And you know as we continue this podcast here, the official Jets podcast presented by AWS. So this is going to be a nightly thing while we, the three of us are cooped up at home and obviously we'll break down each day and free agency as it comes and goes, as it pertains to the jets and around the league, just like we did today with Deandre Hopkins and Byron Jones. But You know, I just want to leave tonight's podcast, the first episode of our, I'm just going to call it the work from home podcast for now on the official Jets podcast. Who's a free agent that's not an edge player, that's not a former or that didn't play for the Jets this past year that you'd like to see in green and white in 2020? And I'll leave it at that. And now I'm awaiting both your answers. So wait, can can you can you
1: repeat that? I'm sorry, I didn't. You kind of cut out on my end. Can you repeat it one more time?
0: Absolutely. So before we wrap up things here on the official Jets podcast, the work from home edition, I want to know who is a player, a free agent that's still on the market, and when I say still on the market, I mean that hasn't been reported that they've signed with a team because nothing becomes official until Wednesday. That you'd like to see in a Jets uniform next season.
1: Okay, got you. Yeah, you want me to go or you want you wanna go?
0: You
2: can go, Liv.
1: Ooh, I actually need to think about it for a minute. Hold on. Give me it. you go first. I need to think about it for a minute. Cause there are a, that's that's a loaded question. There are a lot of free agents out <laughs> you there. There are a lot, go of, any, a lot of any needs. way you
0: want. Well, yeah, you want me to go? Yeah, I,
2: I would like you to go because I'm thinking about it. You you're asking me a question. And I'm thinking about it in terms of Joe Douglas. And, yeah. I, I, and I don't know if you want me to think in terms of Eric Allen. Are we playing fantasy ball here? Or are we playing? This is how that's you, up to you. This is that's how up you, to want, you hold on greens. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is how the jets got to go about this and constructing their roster right now. You know? So uh, yeah. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of torn a little bit here because uh, what were the holes of the Jets entering free agency? Offensive line, right? Edge, no doubt. Receiver and cornerback. So I think it's safe to assume... Um, the Jets aren't done at the offensive line position. We just, your question before, the fans question was a tremendous one. I think Fowler makes a lot of sense here for the Jets. What's going to happen at cornerback though? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned yeah. Bradbury and Jones being off the market. I, I, I would really like to see Brian Poole back here. Now, mm-hmm. if, Poole, if Poole is not back here, what was your other nickel option? Because I think you're going to have to fill that in free agency. So I look at it in terms of positions. Um, Fant is a guy, let's go back to Fant, and, and is a guy nobody talked about heading into this process. Nobody. I think even us, we wrote free agency previews on NewYorkJets.com and we didn't mention him. But here's a guy, an athletic guy who was a developmental play, player in Seattle who his ceiling, um, it has not been reached yet, and he could become your left tackle here. So, uh, it's a hard question uh, for me to answer. But if you, you've seen fantasy ball, uh, listen, um, I'd like to see Robbie Anderson back here. I don't know if the I don't know if the numbers are going to work. I, I'd like to see Robbie Anderson back here because I think that him and Sam Darnold have a good connection, and uh, he "quote unquote" is on the market, even though he's played the past four seasons with the Jets. So, those are a couple guys. I, I, I look at Fowler. I look at uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, is it doable? We'll see.
0: What about you, Live?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I'm. Kind of just going to echo what EA said, because as far as, you know, when you think about the Jets' needs, obviously Joe Douglas has mentioned offensive line, which I think personally needs to be addressed first and foremost. And then you can kind of get into cornerback, wide receiver, all of those kind of things, and then edge rusher. But, I mean, if you want my personal opinion, and I were to just be like, I like, there's one guy who I really just – Want who is a free agent right now that I really want to bring onto the team, it would be a, a big signing. I'm going to still stick with Jadeveon Clowney just because, again, we were talking about Edge being a huge need for the Jets and – a lot of the big offensive linemen that we were in the mix that we were, you know, hearing rumors here and there, they've already kind mm-hmm. of been snatched up. So when I'm looking at the available free agents and it's like the top cornerback free agent, Byron Jones was already snatched up. So it's like, why not now just go to a position where there's still a top elite player in the league available?
0: Uh, I think both of your answers are great. I think for me personally, um, I think I think for me, somebody I'd like to see in green and white is somebody that wore a different shade of green. And it's also coincides with the same place that Joe Douglas came from. I'd like to see Jason Peters as a New York Jet. And for a couple of reasons. One, I think, I know he's old, he's 38 years old, but if you're going by his stats, or which you know, offensive linemen don't really have stats, but by everybody that seems to cover the Eagles and covered and followed... The Eagles this year seems that Jason Peters had a very good year at the age he had. And I think he would be a very good presence on the Jets offensive line that obviously he has some holes. And if theoretically the Jets draft somebody at 11, what better person to learn from than Jason Peters? And and on a selfish note, Jason Peters took a photo with one of my friends on his wedding day. and They bumped into each other. I think that would be a cool story. I'd like to tell them that story face-to-face. So, <laughs> for selfish, oh, okay. For so it's
1: all selfish about the reasons,
0: Yeah, for selfish reasons and for football reasons, I think Jason Peters would look good in Gotham green and white so without further ado that's uh that's a conclusion of episode one here on Hold the official Jets podcast and it's not the conclusion i'm holding on
2: if, if fans playing left tackle where's jason peters playing
0: well if jason peters is coming i don't think george fans playing left tackle I'll, I'll put it that way
2: oh so but, you, you so fan, fans fans playing right tackle in your dream scenario
0: yeah, if Jason Peters signs with the Jets, I would put Fant at right tackle. And you brought up an interesting point, like what happens with Kelvin Beachum—is he is he no longer a member of the Green and White next year if Fant is viewed as the Jets' left tackle? I mean, obviously time will tell, but it's just some food for thought here as we wrap up the show. But I would to answer your question, yeah, if Fant if Jason Peters ends up on the Jets, I would I would put Fant on the right side.
2: Do you think we're going to have some Tom Brady
0: news on Tuesday? St. Patrick's I hope, I hope so. Ooh, I that, hope would so. Be, that would be some spicy podcast talk. Yeah, that would be I'm, I'm all for that. So, again, tomorrow would be St. Patrick's Day. We'll be recording at night. Again, probably, to, just to wrap up all the free agency drama that goes on on the second day of the legal tampering period before it all becomes official at some point on Wednesday. And again, just to recap here, the Jets reportedly made a single move today in signing former Seahawks tackle George Fant, former Hoops player. And obviously, as the podcast continues on, we will continue on with more information. But, you know, that's all we have here tonight on the official Jets podcast powered by AWS. Live EA, have a good night's sleep and we'll run it back tomorrow.
1: See you later, people.
0: Stay safe.